Today's gospel, taken from the very first chapter of Mark, uh, takes us back to an early event in Jesus' public ministry. He takes the center stage in the synagogue in Capernaum in Galilee. And while he's there, the people are struck by two things. First of all, he teaches with such authority, unlike anybody else. And secondly, he has power to drive out unclean spirits. So these two actions give us two points to reflect on this afternoon, namely about the power of the Word of God and about the battle between Jesus and the forces of evil. So first of all, about the Word of God and about what made Jesus' teaching so different. He spoke with authority. He spoke as if he himself was the source of what he said. He did not rely on experts or on, on teachers from the past or even on the traditional interpretation from, from uh, reliable sources, the experts. That's what the scribes did. They were the experts in religious teaching and they based their teaching on the reliable sources. But Jesus, who certainly taught some of the same moral truths did so on his own authority. Now, what lesson can we take from this? Well, there's a difference between the Word of God and every other word. When God speaks, something different is going on. When we hear God's Word, we are encountering a power that surpasses every other word. Now, we live in an era of human history which is flooded with words. I think we all know this. And most of it comes from the social media nowadays. So we have more images, we have more short videos, more ads, more messages, more words. So many attempts to grab our attention and to influence our way of thinking and our way of behaving, and especially what, what we do with our money. It's usually, usually something behind, some profit motive behind it all. And those, those messages are more or less effective. You know the relatively new phenomenon in the world of social media is the influencers, what they call influencers. People who post a message or, or a, some kind of a video, and then millions of people watch it or read it. And the advertisers, they, they pay attention, and they want this kind of exposure of their products and of their ideas. It doesn't mean that everything that influencers say is true, only that it's influential, it's popular. But the Word of God is not like that. Sometimes it's popular, but very often it's not. But instead of being just one more message in the confusing flood of messages, just one more text message or one more email in, the, in a full inbox, the Word of God stands out for its truth and its power. When God speaks, what He says really happens. That's what's distinctive about the Word of God. It's not because He influences anyone. It's because of his own divine power at work. God is the one who controls 
all of creation. He makes the sun shine. He makes the plants grow. He's the Lord of heaven and earth. He's the Lord of the living and the dead. We get a small glimpse um, of the difference between the Word of God and every other word when, when we experience someone speaking the truth. I just tried to come up with a small example of this. When someone speaks the truth, that everybody immediately knows it. You, you can tell the difference. So, for example, imagine a group of friends, they're gathering for lunch, and one of them is missing. So, as they're sitting around, they start to speculate, where is so-and-so, where is our friend? And someone says, oh, what happened? You know, why is he late? And someone says, well, maybe he's stuck in traffic. That's the usual excuse in Metro Manila, usually stuck in traffic. Or maybe another person says, well, you know, he's had some family problems and maybe he couldn't get away. And someone else will say, yeah, he's, he's late a lot. So, I mean, this is nothing unusual. And then someone says, he's in the hospital with a broken hip. And everybody says, what? <laughs> what? You, you, someone's not speculating. He's speaking the truth. And no one guesses anymore where this guy is. The truth has been declared, and that changes the whole conversation. It's not speculation. It's not hearsay. Someone really knows. Now, maybe that's a bad example, <laughs> because, because I'm using a, a, a truth spoken, which is a kind of bad news, the, the guy is in the hospital. But the point is, when something is true, it stands out. And you can tell the difference right away. Or you should be able to. We should be able to tell the truth right away. Certainly the people in the synagogue knew immediately that what Jesus was doing was not like what anyone else was doing. He spoke with authority. What, what Jesus says, everything Jesus says is gloriously true. He does not deal in guessing. He does not deal in fake news. He does not deal in bad news. He speaks the good news. In fact, he himself is the good news. This is what they were experiencing. And that's why, that's what we're experiencing. That's why it's so important to listen to him and not let his word get lost in the flood of words that we hear. So that's one part, that's one point, the, the power of the word of God. Now secondly, when Jesus enters the world, as, as when he enters the synagogue, he comes to do battle. He comes to fight against evil. So in the synagogue, there's this man who has an unclean spirit, an evil spirit, we would call a demon. And the demon is struck with fear. He too recognizes that someone has come along who can speak with authority. It's not just the people who understand it, the demons know it too. Here's somebody who's not like a scribe. And so the demon shouts out, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? He calls him Jesus of Nazareth, which was the name that anybody would use at that time to identify this new preacher who's attracting so much attention all around Galilee. But then the evil spirit goes further. He doesn't only call him Jesus of Nazareth. He says something that shows that Jesus is not just a preacher from Nazareth. He says, have you come to destroy us? You see, he's afraid of this power that has arrived, this power to destroy the kingdom of evil, to destroy the weapons of evil, the lies, the fear, the sin, the death. And he, this evil spirit senses that he has encountered an enemy who's about to overthrow him. 
And then he says, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. See, this Jesus is Jesus of Nazareth, yes, but he is also the Holy One of God. He's someone who speaks with God's authority, who acts with God's power. And the evil spirits tremble at the name of Jesus. Well, the very thing that that evil spirit fears is exactly what happens. He says, if you come to destroy us, and Jesus quickly and easily casts him out. All he has to say is, quiet, come out of him. Tumahimik ka, lumabas ka sa kanya. And it happens. It happens immediately. The, the demon is obliged to obey, to leave. There's no contest. All he can do is make a little noise, but he has to leave. Well, this brief encounter between Jesus and the unclean spirit reminds us that there really are two sides in the spiritual life. There's really good and evil. There really is God and there is those who oppose God. And these two sides are not equal. God is more powerful than evil, much more powerful. Now, I know in the modern world, many people claim or, or try to act as if there is no absolute difference between good and evil. They say everything is relative. It all depends. What's good for you may not be good for me. So don't, don't impose your moral judgments on me. Don't tell me what's good. I'll decide for myself what's good for me. That's a very common way of thinking, kind of an independence, a declaration of independence from anyone else's moral, uh, moral understanding. But that's a very foolish way of thinking. And it's not a Christian way of thinking. It's true that many issues are complex and, and it sometimes can be hard to sort out exactly what's good or what's the best uh, course to take. And it's true that there are minor decisions that don't have any moral weight, that, that's true. But it's not true that everything is unclear. It's not true that we can just decide for ourselves what is good. Goodness and truth really exist. And there are positions and actions that oppose what is good and what is true. We cannot call evil good, and we cannot call good evil. And that happens way too often. Now notice that the evil spirit in this gospel, he does not fall for the modern error of relativism. He does not say to Jesus, well, that's what's good for you may not be good for me. He doesn't say to Jesus, you can do what you want and I'll do what I want. I'm free to decide for myself. He doesn't fall for that because he knows that Jesus is the Holy One of God. He experiences Jesus' holiness as something real, something solid as a rock, something he can't fight. In fact, it, it frightens him. He, he knows that this is going to destroy him and his evil works. See, the, the demon knows who Jesus is, but he refuses to submit to him. He has knowledge, but he does not have obedient faith. That's why he can't benefit from Jesus' arrival on the scene. He's already set against the Holy One, and that's why he's doomed to be defeated. Now, knowing that there are two sides in the spiritual battle means something very important for us. Each one of us is obliged to choose one side or the other. 
And it's not a one-time not a one-time choice. It's not just that when we're baptized, we're automatically on the side of good and that's the end of it. No. We're not like the demons who have already made their final decision. In this life, we have to choose. We cannot claim to remain neutral and we can't claim that we have already decided. Every moral decision, and we make moral decisions every day, places us either on the side of good or on the side of evil. We either choose to be for Jesus or against Jesus in how we act, how we use our time, how we use our money, how we use the social media, even how we think, what, we, what, what thoughts we allow to remain in our heads, what temptations we fight, what temptations we give into. This is, these are all moral decisions, either good or evil. Sin is always a choice to oppose Jesus, the Holy One of God. Sin always puts us on the wrong side, on the evil side, which is also the losing side, by the way. The sin is always a choice to lose. When we choose love, when we choose truth, when we choose mercy, when we choose patience, when we choose goodness, well then, we tap into the very power that Jesus reveals in the synagogue. He invites us to join him in his victory over evil. So what do we have before us today, this afternoon? Well, we have the Word of God, the Word of God unique in its goodness and its power. And we have the choice between good and evil, between Jesus and the unclean spirits. So we're being invited to make the right choice. Today's psalm actually puts it very clearly, the psalm response. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Don't oppose the voice of God. Well, we are hearing the voice of God as we hear his word. So let us open our hearts to him, to his authority, and share in his victory over evil.